you will, open your Bibles tonight with me to 1 Thessalonians 4. Um, I'm, I'm in a class at seminary where I have to study end times. And at the beginning of the semester, I noticed something about um, end times that, that I never really thought about. And that is, a lot of times when we study uh, end time events... We, we always draw conclusions about those events. But as any Bible scholar can tell you, the Bible reveals God, who He is. And oftentimes when, when we read through the Bible, we forget that we focus in on an event or a story or a lesson 
But we forget that the Bible in its entirety reveals who God is. And so as I read across this passage here in 1 Thessalonians 4, I thought of really four things that uh, really identify God. And, and tonight, I, the title of my message is, Jesus is coming when? And we're going to fill in those blanks just a little bit. And let me preface that by saying I don't know the exact time. But the Bible does give us some clues. And let's look at this. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 13. Paul tells us, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for these verses, dear Lord. Dear Lord, we know that these verses just reassure our hope that, yes, you died and you rose again and, and you ascended to heaven, but you are coming back for us. Dear Lord, thank you for that glorious hope. Dear Lord, just... Help us as we take these thoughts tonight into consideration that we will have a greater knowledge of who you are. Forgive us our sins in your name I pray. Amen. To fill in the blank, firstly, Jesus is coming when he gets ready. The scripture does not tell us an exact time or exact moment of his coming matter of fact mark thirteen thirty two tells us that uh, no man can know the day or the hour and as i thought about that and i read this passage of scripture and i see no exact time i think something that's revealed about god here is he is patient even though many of the apostles awaited the day of Jesus. And they wanted Him to come back earnestly in their time. And even though many, many of us, we await the day of the Lord, and we await that day that He comes and raptures His church, I believe Jesus and God will wait till everyone has had the chance to accept the Gospel. God is a patient God, not willing that any should perish. Isn't that what the Scripture says? So in this passage, we see that He is, he is a patient God. And maybe, maybe you've been backslidden in your life before. You, you can say, He is a patient God. He waited for me to turn my life around. He, he waited for me to get things right. 
I can't recall the numerous times in my life that I've heard testimony after testimony of people that were backslidden and they are so grateful that God is a patient God. God is so patient and His coming reveals that quality about Him. Not only is He patient, but Jesus is coming when He steps out on the clouds. If you look at verses 16 and 17 there in our text, it says He will ascend from heaven. It also says that we will meet Him in the clouds. Uh, if, if you go back, Jesus proclaims this Himself in, in Mark. Mark chapter 13 and verse 26. Jesus Himself says, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Just a few pages over in John, Jesus tells him the reason that He's coming back. John 14, verses 2-3. through three. It says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. If you were to look over in the book of Acts, when when the disciples saw Jesus ascend into heaven in Acts 1, in verses 10 through 11, uh, these, these, most scholars believe angels, but it, it, it talked about men in white. They said, Why stand you here gazing? As the Son of Man ascended, he will come again. And, and, and what this reveals about God in 1 Thessalonians 4, when it says he is coming, what that reveals about God is he will keep. His promises. It is important that we remember God's promises. Just a few that I, I came up with. Matthew twenty eight twenty tells us that He will be with us always. He will be with us always. No matter where life takes us, Christ will be there. No matter what we're going through, Christ will be there. Never will we Get far away, far enough away from the Father that He's absent. He's there. Another of one of God's promises is that things work together for good to them that love Him. Even though most of the time when we're going through a difficult situation and, and it's hard to see the greater good, He's got a plan. And He's got some way that He's going to use that for His glory and for His name. And I think it's so important that just as 1 Thessalonians 4 tells us He's coming again, that we remember that Christ keeps His promises. Next, Jesus is coming back when the dead in Christ shall rise. You know, what this tells me is if you read through those uh 
things there in First Thessalonians 4. What does it say? Uh, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Five events there, if you break them out. And, and what this tells me and that what this reveals about God is that He has a plan. And He set that motion back before the world was even created. And He wanted uh, human beings, uh, the man that He created in His image, He wanted him to have a close relationship with God. And the plan of the rapture is just a part of His big plan in redeeming mankind so that we can have that close fellowship with God again. Just as God had the plan of salvation in place before Jesus ever came to earth, God has a plan for the rapture. It's an incredible thought that no matter uh, that since the very beginning of time, God had had His plan in motion to get those that have faith into His very presence. Next, along this same point, is God's plan has order. He descends. You see the shout. You hear the trumpet. And the dead in Christ rise first, and then those alive will rise. His plans in our life have order too. Though our lives may seem like a lot of chaos sometimes, running back and forth, doing everything we can to get things done and never getting anything done, remember God is in control. He sees the greater plan that He has for you. And we need not forget that His ways are not our ways. And His thoughts, not our thoughts. He has a plan and He has an order. The next thing I see is Jesus is coming when I leave this earth. You see, 17 years ago, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And I can tell you what this reveals about God so plainly. This reveals that our hope in Him is real. I can tell you for sure that the day the rapture happens, this fellow is going to be involved in that. Whether I go out of the grave or whether I go out of the clothes, I don't care. I'm going in the rapture. My hope is real because He's coming back. Paul says it this way over in Romans 5. He tells us in Romans 5 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ 
by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice. Oh, I love that part. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We ought to rejoice in the hope that we have in Christ. Actually, hope is the main subject of this passage in 1 Thessalonians. You see, Paul says, I have you not ignorant, brethren, concerning this thing. And then he ends the whole passage with, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. See, Paul didn't want the people at Thessalonica confused about people that were already dead in Christ. Maybe they had loved ones that went before them and they were concerned because maybe they thought they wouldn't be involved in the resurrection. I don't know the situation. But Paul wanted them to realize that they had hope. And with that hope, they could comfort one another. And, and as I think of that, I think that's our mission. We as saved people have a hope that the world around us doesn't have. And we can comfort one another by giving each other that hope. Through the gospel message and through it being preached and taught and shared, we can give each other hope. Do we have that hope? Do you have the hope that... that Only Christ can give. As we get prepared for a hymn of invitation, I was thinking about what Caleb, he he just came up here and he led two songs and both of them were about heaven. And I thought, man, isn't that interesting? You see, Jesus, He came to this earth, He died and He rose again, but He's coming back for me. And it tells me a lot about God, but most of all, it tells me one thing about God. He loves me. Amen. And He wants to be near to me. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Because He loves you too.